0: Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the whale, oh, the, the but it's not just any bay; it's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen,
1: and I'm Morgan Thrapp.
0: Uh, I may have messed up some of that intro. Who knows? It's not like I say it every time like we recorded at least 50 episodes or something of this of this podcast or something like
1: that. I think this is episode 48. Well,
0: we have sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, 48 50
1: I mean, so if you count if you count the fan fictions we did, we are over 50 now. I mean, fan fictions
0: are canon, right? Especially ones that are... True. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what else I count, Morgan? What? Be Season 3, Episode 4, Rookie of the Year. Uh, Because that is this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was written by Deborah Schwartz and St. Gregory J. Bonaninen himself. (laughs) And it was directed by the Gus Trinco- Uh. Ooh. and it was aired October 5th 1992 let's talk about some guest stars mm-hmm. starting this episode uh, Chris Fior plays an uncredited role for the next 96 episodes of this TV show uh, wow he starts as Brad and then transitions to Chris some way mid through those 96 episodes uh, all right. And he starts his episode and goes up until they move the show to Hawaii. And he's even in mm. three episodes of Baywatch Nights. But wow, he's uncredited for all 96 episodes. Wow. Is he just like a background extra? Yeah, I think so. Huh. Still impressive. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Ted Raimi, who plays Leonard. Uh, he is the brother of Sam Raimi. Oh, Yeah. You have have wow. seen him before. Uh, he uh, was in 42 episodes of Xena Warrior Princess. Xena Warrior Princess as Joxer. Uh, did he, have you watched Xena Warrior Princess before? I never have. I watched it a bit as a kid. It's a lot weirder than you might think. Um, I believe that. Uh, so he is like one of Xena's best friends. But oh, okay. he also plays identical triplets. Oh, so he plays jo- that is very weird. Joxer is like an idiot who uh, so he gets seduced by Xena's archenemy, who is this woman named Callisto, who was a mortal who then watched a mortal who watched her entire village be killed by Xena. Then she became immortal and then she, she has she gets like eaten up in quicksand. Then she dies and. Then she becomes an, a demon, then an archdemon. Then she becomes an angel. And then she uses her angel powers to impregnate Xena. Uh, what? And Zena has a daughter named Eve. But then Eve also then becomes Callisto. It's very weird. Anyways. It sounds like it. Joxer was, like, seduced by her. And then it, he's like, I could probably be a better good guy. So then he becomes a good guy. Then he has, I think, Jace and Jet. I think, are his, like brothers and chase is an assassin and jet is like an overly flamboyant playboy okay xena is a weird show it's sounds like it. it's a weird weird show he was also in 57 episodes of sequest 2032 oh shit not not c lab but sequest oh right yes Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i'm not even an animated show this is a live action show um So, by the mid-21st century, humankind has colonized the oceans and formed the UEO, the United Earth Oceans, as a military organization to police it, of course. Mm. Formerly a high-ranking member of the UEO, Nathan Bridger, retired after the death of his wife and retreated to an isolated island to study dolphins. Uh, Okay. An attempt is made to hijack the Sequest DSV, the UEO's most powerful undersea vessel, and Nathan... Its original designer is convinced to return to active service to assume command of it. His second in command is Commander Jonathan Ford. In the second season, DSV added Dagwood, a prototype Gelf, uh, a genetically engineered life form named. Mm. I kid you fucking not. This prototype Gelf is named Tony Piccolo. <laughs> what <laughs> a man with surgically implanted gills uh huh no sorry there's a prototype gulf and then there's tony piccolo <laughs> oh and then dr Wendy smith a telepath empath
1: to his cruise specialist sounds like sounds like he's more of a gilf gills
0: i'd like to fuck gills i'd like to yeah fuck i guess it's fuck i couldn't think of another or f it's the only yeah. word. Uh, <laughs> the series has new age leaning, mm-hmm. often presenting stories that deal with environmental issues or mix myth and mysticism from ghosts to gods. Next up, Buzz Belmondo is back. Uh, Hell yeah. And he has his long term in quotes role of Guido Torzini, who is also mm. an Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exciting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Last up, we have Dirk Benedict, who plays Aaron Brody in this episode, Matt's dad. You may know Dirk best as the man my dad told me to literally slip a $20 bill at a Comic-Con to see if he would come to our house for dinner, because what else is Dirk Benedict doing with his life anyways? What? This is a direct quote from my father. Huh. Yeah, so he was like, you should slip him a 20 and see if he'll come over for dinner. Okay. Didn't happen. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to slip Dirk Benedict a 20. But it would be funny, because yeah. of all the people here, Dirk Benedict is is likely the one to be most likely to come over for dinner. Like, I'm mm-hmm. over here with Lance Reddick, and Lance Reddick coming over for dinner. But Dirk Benedict? I mean, maybe. Uh, God, though, having dinner with Lance Reddick would be fucking dope. Even the the like minute I got to talk to him was super cool, because I, nice. was, I was there, and I was just like, you know, I love The Wire. And he's like, I fucking love The Wire too, man. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> What's your favorite season? He goes, okay, to watch or to act it? And I was like, oh, tell me both. Ooh. Oh, man, I have so many answers. He's like, I love, love acting in season three, but I love watching season four. And everyone's like clapping and they're like, yeah. And then our friend Joe <laughs> goes up and goes, so uh, I really like you in Fringe. And he goes, yeah, Fringe was cool. I was just like, yeah, I mean, like, compared to The Wire, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, but, like, he seems like a really, really cool dude. Uh, So, I I like Lance Reddick. Also, because Lance Reddick forever earned his place in my love for his appearance on uh, The Eric Andre Show.
1: Oh, I don't think I ever
0: saw that particular appearance. You should watch it, because I can't repeat it. Um, Like, I, I, I literally should not and cannot repeat it, <laughs> uh, but you need to watch it. Um, you so you will know Dirk Benedict uh, as a few different roles. He was the original Starbuck and the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, which ends up being played by Katie Sackhoff in the 2004 series. Mm-hmm. You may also know him as Templeton Faceman Peck in the A-Team. So ah, two shows that I've never watched. Well, uh, the A-Team, you're not really missing anything. Uh, it's fun. E. I mean, do you do you know the point plot of the A Team? Uh, it's like an action comedy, right? Yeah, it's it's four dudes who are who are mercs, and one of them mm. is Mr. T. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's basically all you need to know. Um, you may also know him for his 1994 movie Demon Keeper. Oh, do you, you want to know the plot of Demon Keeper? Absolutely. For Remy Gruland, the world of the occult is nothing more than a way to swindle rich old ladies out of their money. A parlor trick. But when an expert of the supernatural comes to his seance, Remy feels obliged to summon a real spirit. In his defence, he brings forth a most vicious and evil demon. One known to spread misery by infiltrating the mind, playing on weakness, and leading its prey to murder. Now... Locked in the house for the night. Each person must find a way to evade the demon's powers. Only the light of day will bring mercy. Sounds
1: cool. I, yeah, I would watch it. I am, however, very upset that you neglected to uh, mention a role that he portrayed in possibly the best named movie of all time. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. Then I will let you continue because maybe you've seen this as well.
0: Uh, Oh, we're still talking about Demon Keeper. Um, see, movie, it seems to be so bad it's good uh, Apparently mm-hmm. uh, The closing credits misspelled The word witch as Within cave uh, Wow uh, One review of set uh, of this said To me, this movie has no redeeming Values whatsoever It's even borderline sadistic Featuring a great deal of perversion, nudity And blatant, uh, blatant satanic references This sh- movie should be burned And I'm like, that just makes well, you want to watch it more yeah that's what i was gonna say i want to watch that now yeah um this is probably not the movie you were gonna say but i'll let you tell me about the movie you're thinking of after this Mm -hmm. uh, which is in a movie i've never i have heard of but i've never seen which is called body slam which is Mm. a down on his luck manager for the fictional rock band kick finds his luck changing when he, by mistake, also starts accidentally managing a successful wrestling tag team. Uh, (laughs) One review on IMDb titled his review, the best movie that Dirk Benedict ever did with Captain Lou Albano. Um, Ooh. uh, There was only one movie that Dirk Benedict and Captain Lou Albano did together. So therefore, it by default has to be the best movie he did with Captain Lou Albano. Uh, <laughs> uh, Morgan, what, what were you going to tell me about?
1: Why I wanted to tell you about the movie.
0: Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> uh, you may be, you may be cracking up. Say it for me one more time. Why that would be? Well, tell me more about. It. <laughs> Uh, why that would
1: be the movie Sss, yeah tell which me, is tell me about Sss one more time uh, which is one two three four five six seven s's in a row uh, and it's a 1973 American horror film about snakes
0: I thought it was gonna be about um, the letter s <laughs> <laughs> the spookiest letter I mean it's that or Q but yeah. What else what else happens?
1: Oh, I don't know anything about it. I just saw on his Wikipedia that he was in a movie uh, where the name is seven S's. You should IMDb, look it up on IMDb.
0: Tell me if there's anything about it. I'm curious. Yeah.
1: Um, it looks like a snake gets sold to a carnival owner and uh, then he believes that the only way to save humanity is by transforming everyone into reptiles that would be able to survive any ecological disaster. Um, So he starts injecting a guy with snake juice, and then he becomes a snake. Um, Have we discussed the fatal flaw in this? Um, There's a lot. (laughs)
0: Which fatal flaw do you think I mean?
1: Uh the fact that snakes would not survive ecological disasters, correct
0: yeah mm-hmm. I'm not a you know a snakeologist, lizardologist. I'm not a you know a man of the lizard. Uh, although I, <laughs> I think I have mentioned this story before uh, right before the um the Trump Hillary election the night before. Mm-hmm. I was walking around uh, Cap Hill in Seattle and this guy comes up to me and goes, uh, you know, Hillary, Hillary works with the lizard people. Do you know the lizard people? And I turned to him and I said, I know of the lizard people. And I walked away <laughs> and he didn't know how to respond to that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. What are the other fatal flaws, Morgan. Um,
1: the fact that that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, and I didn't read the whole plot description, um, but apparently he does fall in love with a woman, uh, snake
0: woman.
1: No, uh, the daughter of the scientist who's turning him into a snake. Oh,
0: so he is a snake and falls in love with the woman.
1: Yes. Well, he's a snake man. Do you still have
0: a penis? I don't know.
1: I guess we'll have to watch this movie. Can we? I, <laughs> I kind of want to now.
0: I kind of do, too. Okay, well, let's yeah, well, right, put it in here so we don't forget. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you could just type S seven times, but put it, put it <laughs> in, the link in there. That way I can remember and we can sure. watch this sometime. Uh, yeah, that's uh, everything I got. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess let's get into oh, the... That the picture. That's a horrible picture. It's bad. It's for, for anybody who doesn't know, won't look it up. It's a mouth with red lipstick around it. And there's a, like a, a cobra coming out from, from her mouth. Mm-hmm. And it says, once this motion picture sinks its fangs into you, you'll never be the same. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into Rookie of the Year. Look at its writing. Look at its actors. Isn't it grand?
0: Look at its curves and swerves. Don't you want (laughs) to read it all day? (laughs) Fuck you, Bart (laughs) (laughs) Harley-Jarvis. Okay, we're referencing, I think you should leave. Which, I mean, come on. You should watch that show already. It's good. I've... So one of my friends. Uh, OK, so I know we're not getting to share. Have you watched White Lotus? I haven't. I haven't yet. I want to. OK, so someone told me that that and I think you should leave is going to cause them like problems because the cringe factor is so high. Mm. that No normal person should be able to handle that. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm there's something clearly wrong with me because I think it should leave us nowhere even close to the cringiest show oh, no. I've ever watched. It's, I mean, it's. The, I don't even think it's that cringy. I just think it's awkward, and that's what I like yeah. about it. It's not, cringe is like, there's shows that are like just bad and you cringe, and there's stuff where it's like Tim and Eric, where they're like, we, yeah. we're we intentionally making this so bad and awkward, and then just stare at you for a while to make mm-hmm. you really soak it in. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think you should leave, though, is not for everybody, but everyone Mm -hmm. should try it. I agree.
1: Uh, But, yeah, you know, speaking of a show that is for everyone, let's talk about Baywatch. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah, no. Uh, So we get a general beach scene as Mitch patrols the beach in his truck and he spots someone in need of help off in the distance and radios for backup. And CJ comes in with a bunch of other lifeguards. Uh, and it turns out that it's a paper bag. And they tease him for feeling like a paper bag floating s-
0: through the surf. Ten and, people came to the rescue to save mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. Even me and Jim Barnett came. Ten people! Mm-hmm. To save mm-hmm. one person! Your resources need to be handled better.
1: Especially because later in the episode, he says that the most saves by one lifeguard in one day ever was 78 And that doesn't feel realistic if you're sending your entire crew to every single rescue.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, maybe they were like, it's a shopping bag. We got (laughs) 78 (laughs) shopping bags out there. That's a rescue. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Unless Um, i like 78 rescues as like there are 78 people out there at once. And as a team, Mm. one person, as one unit, we save 78 people.
1: Could be. He does specifically say that it's seventy eight by one lifeguard. So, well, we
0: we are one unified lifeguard. You know, like the true, lifeguard true. spirit, lifeguard Voltron. Oh yeah, is that like lifeguard Voltron? That or I've been watching a documentary on like Heaven's Gate. Uh, Ooh, it was the Vice. It was the Dark Side of the Nine. Gotcha. On the Cult. So they went over Heaven's Gate and uh, uh, Branch Davidians. And, uh, just the idea of all of them, like, becoming less human and become, like, a unity. Maybe that's what lifeguards are doing. Maybe they're in 90s, cult. Could be. Yeah. I mean, we are in the 90s, and they do all wear the same uniform, so. Except for Guido. Yes. And Summer. Yes. So maybe um, Guido and Summer are destined for each other.
1: Could be. It, you know, I think it just only makes sense. Mm, okay. but now we get to meet matt's dad um and his dad is is just hunter s thompson with less drugs Yep, um he's (laughs) yes he's sitting on the deck typing on a typewriter and smoking a big cigar and matt's like why don't you get a computer man and his dad's like, I've written 12,000 screenplays and a billion novels on this machine. And Matt's like, I wish I was a machine and goes to sit on his motorcycle and just kind of rev it for a while. Yeah, a machine
0: um, or oh, I am a machine. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was I don't know what I, I think I was referencing the Brett Cresher. I'm in the machine. Do you know that 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 stand up bit? Not at all. Where so Brett Kreischer took a god okay fuck it this is a tangent podcast. So <laughs> wow. He was like I need a language credit, mm-hmm. and so he took Russian because he accidentally walked in there. I was just okay. Like, okay, I shouldn't do this. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need people, or they will cancel the program. Just stay here, and I'll put you through. And he's like, okay, I'm a party guy. So he so he does that. So, he learns, like, next to nothing. Uh, and then they go to Russia for a trip. And they say... Oh. Um, so, they're, like, given a guard there, who is clearly part of, the like, the mafia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, don't talk to them. Don't interact with them. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Like, got it. Do interact with them. So, he... <laughs> Uh, he goes to, like, I think it's, like, he goes to knock at their door because he, like, looking to party or something like that. And they Mm -hmm. think something. um, And uh, he doesn't remember any Russian except for how to say, I am the machine. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, machine And they're like, the machine! And they, like, take him in and they love him. um, Huh. And they start, like, drinking with him. And so they they protect him so at one point uh like they are on a train somewhere and uh they're like the the mafia is like policing the train and they're like okay everybody go to the back machine you stay here machine you can get anything you want from the party he's like i'm 16 this is great or I'm 19 this is great and um so uh they start you know they start speaking english to him and they're like uh Uh, they have to transfer him from one set of mob or to like one mafia guy to another one, the next city. And they have, they prep the guy and they're like, this is the machine. You treat the machine with respect. Like he is the machine. And the guy goes, fuck it. He's the machine. Uh, And it's just him. It's like an 11 or 12 minute story of him just being like, here's all the crazy things that happened to me. All because I couldn't remember Russian and just said, I am the machine and the mafia love me. Uh, mm-hmm. So Brett Kreischer is amazing. He it's he has that. And he has a great story about the time where he for, he mixed up Anne Frank and Helen Keller. So he went to the Anne Frank house and made Helen Keller jokes. Wow. <laughs> he was like, Why is nobody laughing? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh, wrong person. <laughs> It's really fucked up Anyways, please continue Yes
1: Um, so yeah, once he's Once he's out on his bike Uh, his mom? I wasn't totally clear I think so And they never really confirm the relationship Um, shows up, and they speak French at each other
0: It's his MILF Oh I don't know It's it's his mom (laughs) Yeah,
1: um Mitch is, uh, big mad about his bag rescue and a couple people in the locker room are comforting him, but then he goes into the shower. Big mad about his bag rescue. It's a great sentence. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but he goes into the shower and everyone's got a paper bag over their heads and they're all laughing at him. It's kind of funny. No, it was, it was pretty cute because it's not mean at all. Um, which yeah. so many of the, like, jokes and pranks in this show often are, and this was just kind of fun. Yeah. Um. But then CJ and Stephanie uh, catch up about how they no longer have to have any roommates because they just rented a place, Uh, you know, not together, but rented places where they'll be able to afford it. And then they go... How dare you imply that women cannot live
0: together, Morgan?
1: Yeah. I mean, they do explicitly say that what they're trying to do is not live with
0: anyone. But, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, how dare you uh, remove autonomy? Mm-hmm. You and the androcentrism of it's true. Is, is removing their agency. Because all they want is someone to steal their clothes and eat their food. Yeah. Which is so specifically something they say is that they don't have to put up. Yeah, anymore.
1: it was uh, interesting, but then they decide to <laughs> go take a shower, and all the bags are still in the shower. And Stephanie's like, "We don't have a maid around here," and CJ's like, "Don't we?" Because Stephanie's picking up everything. Yeah. Um. It's characterization, I guess. Uh, And then Matt and Summer talk about rookie school a little bit. And Clint is taunting Matt. Who is Clint? He's some random new guy who I'm assuming we will never see again. That's what I'm assuming as well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But then, Ugh. then the episode takes a turn for the better. Because who should enter back into our lives but Buzz Belmondo as his third character in three seasons. Guido, whatever the fuck. Um, Torrezzini. Yes, I'm not going to remember that. Yeah. Um, And he wants to show everyone that he can do a good job being a janitor. I thought he was trying to be a
0: lifeguard, but I don't think that's true. I thought he was trying to be a lifeguard as well. Okay. I think he's the janitor trying to be a lifeguard. That makes sense. Uh, I was confused. Morgan, I have two lines of Guido I want you to to, to Mm -hmm. do a Guido impersonation of. Uh, First, please say uh, this in a Guido accent. I'm gonna swim for you. And then please say this.
1: Use me until I I am all of me a used (laughs) up. It's a great line. It's very hard to
0: read because it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Um, and that's how Bo- Boswell Wondo's idea of Italian is. Let's just fuck up English. Yeah.
1: It's it's the Yoda equivalent of an Italian. Which, it's funny. No, it's, it's very good. Um, but then Mitch and Stephanie are lecturing the rookies, and Matt and Summer are kind of goofing off, and Mitch is m- mad about it um and stephanie yells at matt because he's being shitty and trying to make a joke about how he should get to pick his partner for cpr for mouth to mouth um and stephanie's like no you're a fucking idiot this is a life-saving technique it's not an excuse to be horny fucking chill you dumbass yeah. um which i appreciated um and then we get so, some sorry, lifeguard
0: that, training. So mm-hmm. before that, uh, some background is they they go into some of the rookie school process. They say so. What happens is that they there's all these applicants, and if they fail an exam, they do a written exams, and they study, as we've seen in in the pilot episode of Baywatch.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you know, uh, if they fail an exam or drill, they'll be dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um. If you are not dismissed or drafted, or if you're not dismissed or do not leave, you have the potential to get drafted. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you get assigned to a beach. And then mm-hmm. a rookie of the year is picked, who then gets to decide their own beach placement. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the process they're, they're following. Um, now, another thing we should mention is that Mitch's speech says that in the last year— 16,934 people were saved from yes. L.A. County lifeguards. And I'm like, that's a lot. That's like a, a fuck ton of people. Yeah. Uh, and that the record one day rescue from one lifeguard is 78 people. That's, yeah. I, I think maybe because I, I, I'm thinking Baywatch, there's a lot of beaches in L.A. County. So, you know, I imagine there's a lot of people, uh, but that still seems like a large number. Uh, so I, I just did the
1: math on it, and it's only about 40 a day, which sounds high, but not when you consider
0: how many beaches there are. It is high when you consider that only like one season or two seasons are prime for swimming. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, less so in L.A. No, winter. Nah. Yeah, it's true. You aren't going to get 40 people a day. And then maybe in fall, not so much spring, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. Speak. I've never really spent much time in L.A. I've never spent time in L.A. at the beach. Yes, yeah, I am. I spent time in L.A. in the smog. Uh, <laughs> all of L.A., am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a high figure. Uh, yeah, so I, no, I, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but next up, we have a gauntlet. We have them mm, doing mm. all this swimming stuff. I, yep. I, I yeah. Guess. This is the
1: the gauntlet montage set to, at least in my version, a very, like, 90s female singer-songwriter. Um, that was actually not
0: terrible. I also have a female singer-songwriter who does, like, weird indie pop. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was a little in- too indie for Baywatch. I thought mm-hmm. uh, it's by this woman. So when they released the show or the 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 remaster, mm-hmm. the person went by a different name. So they first went by Mozart D, Mozart mm. D, and then they rebranded to an equally crazy name of Heavenly Raina. Huh. Yeah, uh, Heavenly Raina is a Latin American artist in California who, in quotes, natively speaks Mandarin, Spanish, and English. Wow. Um, uh, a lot of her Instagram is her doing stuff in Mandarin. Uh, oh, shit. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty cool. Uh, and the song is, like, cool. And I prefer it. To the original version is Drag by Stephen Wynn, which is, it's like, uh, whatever. It's, like, a hard rock song. Oh. Uh, but here are the lyrics. Uh, this is a lot of lyrics, but Morgan, oh my God
1: uh yeah, I can I can read them. <laughs> yeah, um I do. All my life I was outside looking in, spent all my time waiting for my life to begin, losing my chance, trying to toughen up my skin, trying my hardest not to let them win. I'll rise up again, I'll keep my feet flat on the ground, treading water as I'm trying not to drown. I want to scream, but I'm afraid to make a sound. I'll keep fighting because I want to make you proud. Life is going way too fast, I'll take the risk, I'll take the chance. Falling from the high dive, straight into the high tide, waiting for the right time, watching from the sidelines. The greatest view is out. After the hardest climb, but you'll never see is staying on the safe side, the safe side. Starting to believe in something bigger when it's the right moment to pull that trigger. It's not the wind that makes the winner, it's not the sin that makes the sinner. Life's going way too fast. I'll take the risk, I'll take the chance. Falling from the high dive straight into the high tide, waiting for the right time, watching from the sidelines. The greatest view is after the hardest climb, but you'll never see is staying on the safe side, the safe side. Falling from the high dive straight into the high tide, waiting for the right time. Watching from the sidelines, the greatest view is after the hardest climb.
0: I have one problem with this song. Yes. It is the wind that makes the winner. And it (laughs) is the that makes the (laughs) sinner. What are you talking about, Heavenly Raina? Uh, Yeah. That seems seems like you need to go back to school. (laughs) Maybe to rookie school.
1: A podcast for two men. There we go.
0: (laughs) Um, but, it's like yeah. an easter egg That's not at all right? an
1: easter egg It's not at all <laughs> I well, think, think it's percent- just called a recurring joke <laughs> mm,
0: Is it a joke or is it truth? Mm. That is a very good point The truth can't be funny
1: mm. Objectively that is true <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Um. But yeah, Summer. Summer's having a hard time jumping off the pier at the end of the gauntlet or near the end of the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't, and she walks away. And then CJ catches up with her and tells her not to drop out and gives Summer some tips on how to be braver about jumping off the pier and says that she was scared too. But then she realized that she wanted to be a lifeguard more than she didn't want to be a pier jumping person. (laughs)
0: Um... And then, uh... It's also weird, because Summer tells CJ, you wouldn't know what it's like. And, like, of course she fucking does. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's literally done this more times than you in the job. Like, what are right. you talking about? I don't know. It's weird. hmm Um... Oh, I have a great sentence here. Uh, sure. It involved me having to look up stuff in Urban Dictionary. Uh... Stephanie and CJ. Well, first we see Stephanie in an apartment and mm-hmm. hears some some rumblings. And she, she looks through the the hole and sees, ah, it's CJ. So she opens up mm-hmm. the door and see CJ. She's like, why are you here? And thus we find out that they are Pogo sisters.
1: Is that is that the equivalent of like um
0: like Eskimo brothers? Yes. Oh, OK, he says it's the female version of an Eskimo brother. OK. So just, I mean, yeah. I
1: I see why,
0: but- because a pogo is a penis. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to make because you're because sure. you're, you're bouncing on it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah <laughs> so, uh, um, and they both rented the same apartment from the same ex-boyfriend, but CJ mm-hmm. leased the apartment before Stephanie, because she gave last week and two weeks ago rent. Yeah. Something which I'm like. She's paying rent by the week. OK. Um, um,
1: my other note for this scene is this is very stupid.
0: Yes. Y- um, yes. Yes. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, yes. <laughs> yes. It's exceedingly stupid. Whole, uh, Stephanie also says she's taking possession of the apartment. Mm-hmm. And that's nine tenths of the law. Yeah. But she doesn't say it with conviction. But CJ, with conviction, then says, oh, you want to get technical? And then she brings in her suitcase and says, consider this possession. And I'm like, you go, CJ. I'm on your side here. That's not how possession works, but eminent domain, Morgan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But then we get to see what the two of them will be like as roommates, which is that Stephanie is cooking a meal while CJ chants in the background. Uh and then CJ comes out and is criticizing Stephanie's eating habits for using salt, uh, which is gonna make you bloated. And so CJ is uh juicing
0: some carrots and oh Stephanie CJ at one point says, I'm in too serene a state to engage in a bloat debate, which is a goat line. That it, is an insane line. It is a very written line. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, but I also couldn't see myself
1: saying that. i That's fair. I could see you <laughs> saying that, yes. <laughs> um, but basically, CJ is just too much of a hippie and Stephanie is a neat freak because there's these new inventions called dryers and CJ says that they just put out too many negative vibrations into the air and also look at all the electricity they use. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's, it's the odd couple. It's just straight out of the odd couple, but done not very well because we still don't really know or care about these characters that much because they've only been around for, in Stephanie's case, one episode, and in CJ's case, a two-parter and one episode. Yeah. So, yeah. I-, I want to see them fight over NFTs. <laughs> and- I mean, they did. They fought over Stephanie's neat freak tendencies.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow that's the joke where I'm like, <laughs> hurt. I don't know why that one hurt me, but it did.
1: Yeah. Uh, and as we learn, Stephanie is nearly fucking through with CJ's antics. Mm, I, I don't know why this is getting me so much. <laughs> oh, I hate this. <laughs> um, well, don't worry. We'll we'll learn more about the two of them next fucking time we see them. So not fucking true. um but after this we get to see matt help summer out with cpr homework uh which is actually cpr homework like Mm -hmm. it's the two of them trying to memorize the procedure and matt's got it memorized perfectly and summer doesn't yet uh and then he goes off to go get them drinks and matt's dad comes out and introduces him to summer himself to summer and he is a fucking creep Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's like very obviously hitting on Summer. Yeah. And, you know, he's 20 plus years older than her uh, and just really fucking weird about
0: it. Um, yeah. And then. Ask her a lot of personal questions. Yeah. Like, Matt, why did your parents get divorced?
1: Yeah. No, it, it felt very uncomfortable to watch. I assumed that he was going to be some sort of villain. Like more so than we see of him, and I, I imagine he'll stick around since Matt sticks
0: around. So yep. I'm, oh well, never mind. This is his only appearance on Baywatch. Huh. So classic, classic Baywatch. Yeah, totally.
1: Um, but Matt eventually comes back with some sodas and tells his dad to stop being so fucking creepy. Um, but his dad brushes Matt off and says, "I'm not doing anything wrong." Um, and it's it's bad. Um. But then Summer's like, come with me to the pool so we can train because class is at 10. Uh, And Matt's like, I'll be there, I promise. And so Matt goes to the pool by her, or Summer goes to the pool by herself. And we get another swimming montage with
0: her to another 90s singer-songwriter track. So, I don't like the version we got. Mm -hmm. But I even more hate the original version. The original version is Guardians of the Breath by Howard Jones. I listened to it on Spotify. It is seven and a half minutes long. Oh, wow. Like ambient noise. while a guy like sort of like. Like sort of like whisper sings. It's huh. so 80s. It's so extremely 80s. Interesting. And I, I hate it. Nothing fucking happens. <laughs> uh, just like in the the prime version. Uh, nothing fucking happens in the song. Mm-hmm. please read this all right
1: in the silence <laughs> another savior oh, no, another soul do, has found do, like, salvation uh, in the jungle oh no I was going for um uh oh fuck um enjoy the silence so you're trying to do sounds by Depeche mode Yes, that's what I was going for. Okay, okay. Um uh, Only fear it can drown, save the life you've found. Open up and you will see it all in the darkness of the tide. At the time you feel alone on the shoreline's isolation. We carry on, we carry on, in the silence another savior, another soul has found salvation. With this love you can find, save the life you found, open up and you will see it all, see it all, break the surface.
0: This song is a little edgelord. Yeah, a little bit. The darkness of the tide at the time you'll feel alone on the shoreline's isolation. Yeah. What is <laughs> Yeah. Uh Yeah, this song is not great. No. Um. But
1: after the swimming montage, we get a scene of Mitch grilling all the rookies about rescue techniques. Uh, and Clint is being a cocky idiot and Matt is late.
0: Uh, and then Matt starts talking shit to Stephanie. Interestingly, uh, Mm -hmm. in this scene, what happens in my version is that they're doing the song and you hear break the surface and then the song starts feeding out and the fade-out dubs over Mitch talking. Oh. But the subtitles still show what he's saying. Hmm. Uh, So then you hear him talking and then the first line you hear is him say, question. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... There's clearly like him saying other stuff there. It's very weird, and I'm like, why did you choose to, to do that? Like, it's literally just a fade out. I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're what they're going to do. Point it, yeah. At, point is It's weird, but yes. Uh, uh, Matt is is talking with Stephanie a little bit, uh, and they. Um, sorry, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Hold on, uh. Uh, so it's talking with Stephanie and Mitch is also quizzing them and asking them, like, th- mm-hmm. what would you do if you're under a pier and the waves are going to smash you against the piling. Right. And they're teaching them about can usage. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, uh, Stephanie is like has a can and uh, she pulls a little uh, a little tago mago on Matt, a little ege bamyasi, a little future days, a little... Suno or Baba Luma on him, you know what I mean? I literally have no idea. These are all albums by the band Can. Ah, okay, I've never heard of that band. Oh, it's a classic, classic experimental band from the 60s and 70s. Mm, yeah, I'm shocked I haven't heard of it. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're actually extremely contemporary. Oh, okay. Despite being experimental huh uh, yeah yeah uh uh anyways um she she beats the shit out of him yes and, and she says a line which is not one of you could threaten my life with mere strength uh, yeah which is so such a weirdly written line i um, i kind of love
1: her in this episode i gotta say i think she's a fucking badass for most
0: is, of it i mean she is a badass she absolutely is. Um, but what I really wanted was to see Hulk Hogan come in and just be like, you dare threaten me with mere strength? And he just goes, yeah, brother, I'm going to threaten you with mere strength, brother. And then she just pulls him under the water and he goes, I tap, I tap, brother. Uh, that's, that's what I wanted. But that doesn't happen. Instead, we get Matt being pulled yeah. underwater. I mean, put in a chokehold and just he's like, I'm gonna fucking die, and the whole mm-hmm. time Mitch is like, mm, "This seems a little bit suspicious." <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, she you know wrestles Matt into submission, and then uh, is like, "Chill the fuck out, you're a dumbass." Uh, and then we get a scene where Mitch and Matt are talking. And Mitch is basically like, listen, if you stop being such a dumbass and actually focus on being a lifeguard, I think you'd be pretty good at it. And Matt's like, fuck you, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was really, really hard for me to shake the impression that he was just mad that he got beaten up by a woman, um, just like knowing what toxic masculinity in the 90s was like. Um, and oh, no, it did kind it, of make me hate him. I no, I
0: think it was literally that. Oh, okay. You know, I, I I took it as like he's upset that he was beaten up by maybe not by a woman, but beaten up by authority. And like, cause we see, we hear later on that his mom says he's always had a problem with authority. Sure, uh, and she's like this strong authority figure who's just like you fucking suck. Uh, because she said we're here to weed them out and, and and make sure they have what it takes. And Mitch said to her. No, we're there to help the ones who don't know that they have what it takes. Right. So he feels like he's being challenged and told he's weak and whatever and challenging into authority, but it may uh-huh. also be that she's a woman. Like I don't know. It, it definitely be. feels like that's not not part of it. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but after that, uh okay. we get yeah. We get to see CJ uh getting an erotic Tantric massage in the living room. I didn't understand the
0: layout of their apartment. Um, Their apartment is laid out like an erogenous zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this
1: this guy is like massaging CJ's arm while this very weird tape plays. Um, And then Stephanie comes home and sees a red ribbon on the door, but is like, fuck you. I live here, too. Um, And so she comes in. And interrupts the erotic massage, I guess. Uh, and then CJ kicks out her paramour, and the two of them, uh, do the most cliche 90s thing and talk about how silly tantric sex is. Uh,
0: they don't talk about tantric sex.
1: Uh, not directly, but it, it definitely felt like they were trying to do the. I feel like that was a big thing in like 90s comedy was like, Can you believe that some people like having sex for a longer period of time? That's not what Um, they're talking about. That's, I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was supposed to be, like, tying into that same cultural reference. Because she's talking about how, like, he only touched her arm and maybe he would have gotten down to her hand if Stephanie hadn't, uh, like, interrupted. And that definitely felt like a lot of the same, like You know things people assumed tantric
0: sex was about. Okay, I think you and I are complete. I feel like we watched something completely different. uh, Because interesting, what I saw is just as her talking about how uh, that she's learning what different erogenous zones are. She didn't realize that just someone simply touching her arm down to her hands could be erogenous.
1: Oh, because see, I I totally got the impression that she was saying like this wasn't or at least Stephanie was trying to be like, wow, can you believe it? He touched your
0: arm and her kind of being like, OK, yeah, maybe this was a little bit silly. No, no. You're right about what Stephanie was saying, but you're not, mm-hmm. I don't think you're right about what CJ was saying. Oh, so interesting. Because what's happened? in the point is that the tape was him talking. So, right. So she met him at a book signing. And it's his book. Sure. And so she says, I thought he was a total nerd, but also he's the sexiest man I've ever met. The idea being that she's saying all he did was, was, you know, touch my arms and such. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And Stephanie is just like, or uh, what else they touch? And she, she's like, nothing. It was great. That's See, the-
1: I. I totally read that as sarcastic from CJ and that that was like a moment of bonding
0: between her and Stephanie a bit. No, I think the bonding was the fact that she was like, oh man, you're going to get some. Uh, that's huh. what I thought of the bonding as. But Stephanie, I think you're totally right on the read that she was like, "It, it, 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 touched, you. it yeah. touched you. She, she it gave you an, an orgasm. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's like, Oh my God! Maybe he will touch me down there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's the way I I read it. Interesting, but huh. you know uh, we can't talk about that because you know we'll be pervs or creeps. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hashtag vanilla shaming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I so we recorded. Two episodes tonight, this one and the one we just did before this, and we took mm-hmm. a break in between. And someone messaged me, like, how's it going tonight? And I told them about the vanilla shaming thing, and they're like, <laughs> like What the fuck? Like, vanilla shaming? If anything, it should be Rocky Road shaming. And I'm like, Excuse me? What? Are you, tra- are you trying to shame Rocky Road right now? Rocky, Rocky Road's fucking delicious. Rocky Road's the best. And that's why I was like, Are you vanilla shaming Rocky Road? because uh, Rocky Road is, is everyone just has Rocky Road, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a normal part of life. Don't vanilla shame Rocky Road. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How dare how dare you uh uh vanilla shame uh, yeah. uh uh Baskin and Robbins Fuck I wanna How many how many Rocky
1: Roads must a man eat? Forty nine.
0: okay so have i ever told you the story of uh the clown ice cream the the what now you know the like the like the clown ice creams they have at baskin robbins i have literally never been to baskin robbins in my life okay well if there is one around we should change that Okay. I mean, you know what Baskin Robbins is, right? Yes, sure. I know they have 31 flavors. Oh, it's 31. No, I said 49. It's 31. And that's the logo. Like the Basque, the in yeah. is the 30. Okay. So um they have these like ice creams that are um it's like you have the um what's what's the thing that you put the ice cream on? Not not the shell. What is a, it? A, a cone? The cone. Cone. I just forgot the word. <laughs> um, they have, like, the cone, and then they have this, like, ice cream. Oh, God, I, I gotta find you a picture of this thing. It's weird Okay, to it. I'm gonna search clown ice cream. Oh, that's upsetting.
1: Um, uh, while we're talking about weird-as-shit ice cream, the ice cream I always used to eat the most as a kid is I would get cotton candy ice cream with marshmallow syrup on top. Um, that's good. Because uh, no, I mean, as a six-year-old, I'm sure it was great, but that I—that just hurts me to even think about now.
0: Why? It's too much sugar. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a cash person. I know what I like. Fair. Okay, so this is. the clown. Oh no! I don't like that. This is the cloud ice cream. Oh um, God! And my parents would never let me have it. They would let me have the other ice creams, but never the clown ice cream. Yeah, because they didn't want you to have fucking nightmares. No, they told me it wasn't kosher. And I was like, what about this is different from everything else that's in basket? It's just all ice cream. It's just literally ice cream with a cone. Yeah. And they're like, no, the clown one specifically is not kosher. <laughs> and I was like, is it the clown part? Like, it's it's like, the it's because there's pieces of real
1: clown mixed in and you can't mix meat and dairy. Oh, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. That must be it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, God, so that's
1: bad to look
0: at. It's <laughs> a, especially the first one, because yeah. the big googly eyes, as opposed to the second one, which has just like the small one. Yeah. Um, and so for years and years, I would always associate like there were a few things. that's like I can't. You know I'm not eating pork, and I'm not eating frozen sure. ice cream. <laughs> no, sure. I'm not. E- oh, <laughs> I just found. Oh, no oh no. Oh, Morgan. Okay, wait. Uh here it is.
1: <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The orange <laughs> hair looks like locks, like salmon. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, we need to get Baywatch Rookie School clown ice cream. Oh, Um, no. God. (gasps) Okay, last, last one, last one here. Okay, okay. I think you're going to like this one. (laughs) Uh, God,
1: I can't stop looking at the (laughs) mint chocolate chip one. Because it, it, the way the face is, since the bottom of the scoop isn't round, it's horrifying. <laughs> it's so
0: derp. It's so derp. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Uh, well, that's got to be the episode picture. Oh, absolutely. Um, so for years and years, I would be like, it's pig and clown ice cream, like legitimately I'm not even joking. It was like, there's these few things that my parents would be like, you can't have this thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, maybe like 2015 or so, I went to a basket and Robbins and was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not keeping kosher anymore. I can finally have the clown ice cream. (laughs) Right? And I was like, I've waited all my life. You know, I was like, maybe like, 24, uh, and I thought this is one of the biggest moments of my entire life. Yeah, finally ordering the clown ice cream. So I go up to the counter, and I go, "I would like one clown ice cream." And they go, "Aren't you a little old?" And I said, "Give me the clown ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> give it to me." And so they give me the clown ice cream, and I'm I'm staring at this thing, thinking. The Michael that existed before and the Michael that exists after will be two completely different people changed by the experience of this nightmare fuel clown ice cream that sits in front of me. And so I eat it and I go, what's the big deal about clown ice cream? Like, what? <laughs> what? I thought this was gonna taste completely different. It's just a cone with some ice cream that's styled like a styled like a clown. <laughs> tastes any less kosher than other ice cream? I feel lied to. Uh, and I and I was like, excuse me, I think there must be something wrong with this clown ice cream. And they're like, oh, what's what's wrong? And I was like, it tastes off. And they're like, what does it taste like? And I was like, ice cream. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it's just ice cream? What, what else is in it? And they're like, it's ice cream with a cone. Yeah. Some frosting. And I couldn't process this. I was like, no, there must be something magical. <laughs> what is this fictitious? Where Where is the meat? Where is the, like, random alligator in it or something? You know, where is the, like, you know... What is it? Uh, and that's when my life was shattered. I truly was not the same Michael that I was before. Oh, no. Was, mystery was dead. The imagination <laughs> was dead. The whole joy of life was dead. And that's when I developed depression. Yeah, fair. Never was I mean, depressed before then, ever. <laughs> you know, it was It was the clown ice cream that did it.
1: Honestly, though, it's a shame that Mystery isn't dead because then we wouldn't have to listen to his stupid fucking
0: pickup artist bullshit. What? Oh, are you not familiar with the person Mystery? It's like question mark and the mysteries.
1: Uh no. Uh he's a famous internet pickup artist. Um and he he uh got a VH1 show called The Pickup Artist. Uh and um oh my god Oh my god, I'm so excited that I get to share this man with you. Um, because he truly feels like exactly your kind of shit in terms of what the fuck is this man oh, okay, I was like, do you
0: think I'm a pickup
1: or oh. oh No, oh. I think you will be
0: endlessly fascinated with this man. Oh um, my god, he looks like he looks like Howie Mandel and Vanilla Ice had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, and he's such a fucking
1: shitty human being. Um as is not surprising from everything I've just said, um ah, oh, I am fascinated by this man. Um and uh yeah. It's uh oh god. I I highly recommend um spending a year or two in your teens being really lonely and reading up on um pickup artists for a long time and then realizing it was all bullshit um and then knowing way too much about the pickup artist community um because it is an endlessly fascinating
0: and shitty misogynistic rabbit hole as i just shared with Morgan, a video from channel five with andrew callahan the pickup artist boot camp uh, uh i'm very excited for this it's it's in pandemic, pickup artists, mm. uh, I think in Florida. Of uh, course. So, you know, so, you know, it's going to be some wild shit. Uh, the The biggest surprise is that mystery is Canadian. Oh, uh, how? Right. I, I, I cannot. OK, I cannot get. Send me another picture of him. Okay. Send me a second picture of Mr. Sure. Uh, Here
1: is his Wikipedia header image. That's a different person. No, look at the goatee and look at how his the shape of his face looks like one of those blocks that you get in preschool that you have to sort into the (laughs) correct hole.
0: Wow, and he's got like the Ted Nugent hat as well. oh yeah, it's, oh yeah. This is like okay. So in this second picture, mm-hmm. he went country, but in the first picture, he went like whatever the musician Poppy is trying to go for, like hyper pop. I feel like it's kind of like gothy hyper pop. Uh, yeah, but oh my god, I just noticed from the first picture this. Is that a lipstick tattoo on his neck? Sure is. What the... Oh! (laughs) No! I could could see you imitating this back in the day, though.
1: Oh, for sure. When I was, like, 16. Oh, God. It was bad.
0: His ring, he has a ring with an eyeball on it. Oh, yeah. What? Wait a second. Mm Mm-hmm. Does he have... Four rings. And then on. He has two rings. He has a ring on his index and middle on one hand and a yep. ring on his. Oh, my God, this guy's such a fuck boy. Okay. Oh, big time. He's like proto fuckboy. boy. He's also got like the Psychonauts
1: goggles on mm-hmm. over a black, like skin tight beanie. How is he
0: Canadian and not like German? No <laughs> Germans out there. But well, I. I no, he looks like the kind of guy who would have, like, done, like, European electric sure. swing. So, so do you want, do you want to know his real name? Wait, no, 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 wait. I got another joke in me before I hear that. Okay. He looks like someone. You know the band Aqua? Yes, I was just talking about them the other night. He looks like the guy who would have been kicked out of Aqua because they were yes. cause they were like you're creeping out the rest of the band. I feel bad for the Germany comment now. I'm sorry, Germans. He doesn't look like he should be German. He looks like he should be from fucking Mars. I mean, his real name is Eric von Markovic. So, he could just be Jewish, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Nah, not
1: von. Yeah. He sounds German or Austrian with that name, I would imagine. Yeah. This guy mmm god but yeah i highly recommend falling down a rabbit hole researching him um because he is horrifying and has published a lot of
0: very sexist and misogynistic bullshit i um i can't figure out so i'm scrolling up i can't figure out what what draws my eyes more the first mystery picture or the mint (laughs) Clown <laughs> I <scream. laughs> I'm looking at them both. Oh, they're God. Both so cursed.
1: They're so good. <laughs> God.
0: Anybody who sees this chat later as a guest will be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> We're trying to figure that out. This is a therapy podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of this being a therapy podcast, let's get back to the episode. Um... I don't know. I've given up. It's the second recording. It's almost eleven at night. I'm on my third beer of the day. You know, it is what it is. Um, Guido has. How <laughs> oh, dare you drink on this Christian podcast? Yeah, that's true. There's there's no swears on this Christian Baywatch podcast. There's no drinking allowed in Christianity. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but we get to see the rookie school classroom uh, and Guido is there and why well, he did a bigger retrofit of the classroom and cleaned everything up. Uh, and then Stephanie's like, oh, you didn't have the money to do all of this. And he's like, no, no, I didn't buy it. I cleaned it. And maybe you'll respect me now. And she's like, that's sweet. And then he leaves.
0: And it's the last day of rookie school. So we're all going to have to do the gauntlet. I I wrote in my notes, Guido says he spent all day, all day and night polishing and cleaning. I Mm kind of love Guido, right? Yeah. It's good. Why the fuck do I love Guido so much? He's
1: just, it shouldn't work. It's one where like. It's right on the border of being a racist caricature. And if it wasn't making fun of Italians, I think it probably would be offensive. But it's just
0: so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, ex- well, that's because there's you or Italians are a race. So you can't. Yes. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that he's doing the like boobity 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 boppy kind of stuff. Yeah. And that stuff's just funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's just really just making fun of Italian Americans mostly. No. Exactly. It, yeah, it's a little of both. It's a little bit. Of, it's, it's the best of all worlds. Mm hmm. But more importantly, Summer is aghast at having to do a peer jump. Yep. She is terrified. But
1: first, we need to see Mitch show up to Matt's place, and neither of his parents have seen Matt around any time recently. And his parents just don't believe in him. And they They say that maybe he went surfing. Yeah. They're just
0: like shitty, neglectful parents. His mom says, "Uh, Matthew is a sensitive boy. Uh, And it's supposed to be done in a way that's like, how dare he be sensitive instead of a man who's not sensitive? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. You and Dirk Benedict, who I could invite to my house for dinner for 20 bucks. Uh, again, don't try to do that. That's, that's <laughs> 30 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> come on. That. Yeah. He's he's at least a 50. Yeah. 50. Yeah.
1: I I
0: I'll, feel I'll like a, a Benjamin.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's a reasonable, uh, a reasonable amount of money, especially if you're getting dinner out of it, too. Yeah. But he has to pay for his Uber
0: back. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, we're not running a charity here. Come on, yeah. yeah. Fuck off, Dirk. Benedict. <laughs> I just like saying Dirk Benedict. It's such a great it's a good name. name. Yeah. Um.
1: But after that, uh, Mitch does end up finding Matt, and they fight about if Matt should be a lifeguard still. Cause Matt is defeated, doesn't want to, and Mitch is like, "You remind me of someone who used to be young and have." Family issues and uh, Matt's like Eddie Kramer and Mitch is like, no, about a foot taller, uh, which is such a
0: weird way of saying that. Right. Um, like, who does he mean? It could mean Craig. It could, be <laughs> it could mean you. It could mean Lane Brody. Uh, it could mean your brother, maybe. It could mean it could mean yeah. so many. It could mean new me. <laughs> it could mean Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. It could mean literally everybody who isn't Eddie, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, which one has the daddy issues? It's true. I mean, I think um, it's Mitch. but
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, maybe. it's very clearly Mitch. Um, so but if, if that's why if, he's
0: rooting for Matt. If Mitch has daddy issues, mm-hmm. what issues do I have, Morgan? <laughs> Uh, you
1: have the issue where you are uh solidly over three hours of recording a Baywatch podcast in one night. <laughs> That's a great
0: issue to have. Because I'm still staring at this goddamn mystery picture yep. and the ice cream. Yup. Um, <laughs> <can't cancel> <laughs> I'm destroying my Oh god God. Okay so here's what I'm going to do I'm going to change all of my social media (laughs) (laughs) to just post me
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh god Okay I do I do a little bit wish I was better at Photoshop because I would Photoshop the face from the mint chocolate chip clown ice cream onto Mystery's face (laughs) <laughs> and it would be extremely funny. I could do it in paint because I love Ooh, using paint. But. Please, please do, and then we'll tweet it from the Baywatch Rookie account, but we'll do it way before this episode drops.
0: I want you to do it since it will be better than it is, yes. right? I Yes, I will do this. Absolutely. Oh, God. Oh, okay, so yeah, I'm gonna just, when people hear this, and they'll be like, why is Michael all about tweeting out this picture on social media, and post on Instagram or whatever. Uh, that's the reason I'm doing this because of this, because it needs to happen. I need people to feel the catharsis. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm already uh, can picture how much I'm going to laugh and nobody's going to engage with the <laughs> content, which is how my content normally works, which is I use social media as a way to make myself laugh not to make anybody else laugh. I mean, Uh, fair. So so thus, hardly anybody laughs except for me (laughs) dying of laughter. God. Uh, yeah, I will. I will get that done and send that
1: over to you because I also need this in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, speaking of it being over three hours worth of recording Baywatch podcast in one night, uh, let's keep talking about the episode. Um, and next we get to see the gauntlet and group one goes out and Matt shows up just in time to be part of group two. And Buzz Belmondo is setting up the flags. He has and his own
0: theme music.
1: Yeah, we get uh, we get a whole montage of the gauntlet for a while set to some like finger plucking music.
0: Um, we get sick guitar riffs, bruh. Ooh, no, it doesn't work. Finger plucking works way better than sit guitar riffs of people sort of running. Yeah.
1: Um, But we get to the pier jump and Summer doesn't want to go. Matt's like, I'm not jumping unless you do. So we'll do this together. And then they both jump into the pier off the pier together and they swim through the rest of the gauntlet and... Make it to the end, and Matt beats Clint at the very last second, and Summer makes it too, and they hug, and they are definitely going to fuck soon, if they haven't already. <laughs> They're not. Um, there is serious chemistry between the two of them. I think she, she hooks up with Jimmy.
0: Oh. Huh. She has way more chemistry with Matt. Well, everybody would because it's fucking Kelly Slater and he can't act his way out of a paper bag.
1: Mm hmm. Um, but then we get to the last scene, which
0: oh, wait, is. Can I, may I do this? Oh, yeah, go ahead. So then we get to the last scene, which is Mitch announcing the winners who gets drafted to which places. So there's 18 finalists and mm-hmm. 13 positions are open. Mm-hmm. So of course, the only name. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Out of thirteen people. Yes. Um, uh, Morgan. Uh huh. I have some names here. Sure. I'd like you to do your readings of this, and I don't oh. want to provide context. Oh I boy! I want you to do it and see how this goes.
1: All right. Riley and Johnson to Zuma, Topanga, Bengis and Dowling, Manhattan, Crager and Peterson, Huntington, Sammy Hagar and Andy Dwyer,
0: Baywatch, Lewiston and Quinn. You didn't pick up on my Sammy Hagar and Andy Dwyer joke. I mean, I picked it up, but I wasn't sure what it meant. So he goes, Riley and Johnson get to go to Zuma. Topanga Mm -hmm. goes Benges and Dowling. So they're naming off which they get drafted at. And there's at one point they say, Hagar and Dwyer. And I was like, what if Sammy Hagar and Andy Dwyer <laughs> was, <laughs> and went to Huntington Beach together? That and would I, be pretty I, cool. I would, I would fucking watch that. That sounds yeah. amazing. Um, and then, of course, Rookie of the Year goes to Matt Brody. Mm-hmm. And says, I want to be at Baywatch. But then CJ asserts herself as my favorite character on this show right now. Because mm-hmm. he says... Well, hey, what about Guido? (laughs) Yeah. And Mitch goes, we forgot about Guido. Hey, we forgot about the Guido. And Guido is dressed as a lifeguard. Sort of. uh, He's dressed as like a lifeguard in like a 1910s French film. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, You're completely right. But that that's your
1: fucking pull is very good. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? Just, I don't know. The fact that, that, yes, the fact that you have the knowledge to be able to be like, yes, that does look like a 1910s French film lifeguard. And I agree with you. I don't know. It's just very good. We've been recording a lot of podcasts
0: tonight. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the only time I'm funny is when we record podcasts. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Mitch tells him that he's charging him and then Guido steps back like, oh, no, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mitch, don't hurt me. And he goes, no, I'm putting you in charge. And he steps back forward and is like, yes, Mr. Mitch, um, mm-hmm. all the maintenance duties on the beach, which I'm like, that's an insane job. That's right. Crazy level job. Uh, and he says, you're our maintenance engineer. And I'm like, that's going to pay potentially higher than a lifeguard. Um, that's a good job. Guido. Yeah. Like, holy shit, you went from janitor to maintenance and that's like six promotions up. Um, and he goes, me, an engineer. And everyone claps for him and then it ends. hmm So, Morgan, with that said, how would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten where one is discovering that love is dead or even Guido is dead, and ten is discovering that you... Have a gold prospecting 49er uncle, who may or may not be Guido, who left you a gold boot in his will. Yeah,
1: I this episode was fine. There was some decent character moments. There were a lot of very long montages set to kind of meh music. Um, I think I'm going to give this one a pretty solid five. I didn't hate watching it. I thought it was fine, Uh, but it's hard for me to say too much positive about it. Um, and I am going to say that a five is the experience of, um, I'm going to say a five is the experience of going to an interview for a job and you don't end up getting the job you wanted, but you do still get a decent job anyway.
0: Wow. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, how about you?
0: I'm gonna give it a six. Uh, okay. I thought it was pretty average, but I like some of the interactions in there, and I would give it a ten if it was only rating Guido. God, uh, yeah. Uh, but I, unlike you, I liked the CJ Stephanie stuff a, a bit. I was like, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I would watch it. Um, I just wish it was less over the top. Why would you want less over the top? Over the top is great. Because I just found them both very annoying whenever they were fighting. Well, you just find women annoying, and you can't tell women apart. I mean, that's fair. Um, <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, I just
0: I don't know. I, I, I can't explain why I liked it. I just did. Yeah. Um But uh, yeah, overall, there wasn't much to happen in this episode, and so it's like kind of forgettable. Uh, I would rate a six. As the experience of finally getting to try the clown ice cream, but then also (laughs) realizing the clown ice cream is just fucking ice cream, man. Yeah. It's just ice cream that's shaped like a clown. And that's not like a five because, you know, it's the experience that led up to it. And it's not a seven because it looks like fucking clown ice cream and that stuff is disturbing Mm -hmm. and horrifying. Um, now I'm going to scroll back. Oh, God, that picture. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> uh, it's, it's terrifying. Uh. Um, so let's talk about the next episode. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next episode is a guest episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called Peer Pressure. But peer is P-I-E-R. Mhm. Ooh. Uh, um. Okay. So the plot from the Baywatch wiki is: Hobie weaves a web of lies, mostly because of Mitch and himself, to impress a girl named Heather. Summer is humiliated when she mistakes an offhand invitation from Jimmy Slade for a date. Uh, Now let's read the the INDB description. Hobie deals with peer pressure, (laughs) P-E-E-R, trying to impress a new girl named Heather, who hangs out at a Venice Beach liquor store with a group of local delinquents. And he soon lands in hot water after he witnesses a fight between two neighborhood bullies And if Heather, oh God, this goes on forever, this sentence. And Heather eventually betrays Hobie to one of the punks. Meanwhile, Summer deals with her own peer pressure during her first week at the beach as a full qualified lifeguard in in trying to impress Jimmy Slade during his surfing competition and dealing with a clique of snobbish rich girls from the high school she goes to. Um, Sounds kind of run of the mill. Um, you know, it doesn't sound exceptionally interesting, but I I, I guess, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. At least it's a guest episode. Yeah. On the other hand, it doesn't have Guido. This is true. And I am very sad about that. You are almost torn asunder at the, at the, at the thought of Guido.
1: Torn asunder by the thunder caused in my heart by the
0: lack eh, the lack of a Guido in the next episode. And it's not even like a horny thing. Yeah. Because, you know, it's you not. Can't be, you can't be you can't be horny. Yeah. You're a perv. Uh, and I can't want Guido to. Uh, so I gu- i'm gonna make a joke you have to cut from the podcast okay which is just I, yeah i just want guido as a choke on my fat hog <laughs> you have you have to cut that. i don't know if yes said it. yes yeah.
1: i i do i do have to ask speaking of that michael uh what flavor of ice cream did you get with your clown ice cream
0: i, th- I think it just comes with it comes prepackaged Oh, okay. Like, they just have it. So, but the way that they have is they have the flavors out. Mm -hmm. They just have this on the side. They just have the clown ice cream pre-made. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm so confused, because I'm like, oh, it's separate. It's got to be something special, right? Because, like, they're not just, like, making it for you there with some of the ice cream. It's got to be, like, good stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's actually a picture of the way it looked, um... Like, in the store. Uh, yeah, I think they have... Oh. Oh. Oh, no. What have you found? Uh, okay, well, I can't download a JFIF. It's not going to upload. Uh, here, hold on a second. So they would actually have them... Like this... Oh God, that's so they, bad. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Now I'm just sharing. Uh, here's another one, uh, which I think you're going to love, Morgan. <laughs> uh, well, so yeah, see, they have they have different flavors. Yeah, well, they do now.
1: Ah, at the time, was it was it just vanilla? I only remember like
0: vanilla. That's all I So
1: then so then if you don't like the clown shaming would you or the clown ice cream, would you say that you're vanilla shaming?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would I would say that you're vanilla shaming it. Um Yeah. What do you mean you can't do- yes you can download it. Here wait. Oh no. <laughs> the clown cones are coming. The fact
1: that they're all looking up to the heavens
0: right well that's because they're you know they know they know the truth about god yeah and it's it's about god is that he's a he's a he's a clown man yeah uh you know god is some might say god is um
1: some may say god around. is a woman
0: <laughs>
1: I, don't god I don't i don't know yeah Oh, look at this. Oh, it no. <laughs> Michael, Michael, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you say that. How, how the one in the back center looks like it's like dripping fluid from the top of its hat. And the oh, one yeah. on the close left as well. It just it just looks like the cone jizzed and it's clown and it's bad. I don't like this. No
0: <laughs> All of them are oh, I just found one that looks like it's puking. Uh, I just found pictures of like them melting. Oh uh, god. This is like extremely fascinating. Yeah. Oddly, um because Oh, there's a dead one. Uh, That (laughs) looks weird. Uh, It's just so. Like, okay, the only reason I wanted one is because I couldn't have it, right? Oh, sure, of course. Not because I was like, oh, man. Oh, no. no. I don't like that noise. Uh, Let me just tell you that I'll show it to you, but let me first tell you the title of this file. Oh, no. Um, Which is uh, cropped meat clown. Oh, no. That's a.
1: Oh, no. (laughs)
0: No. We're going to put all of these in the show notes. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, God, all of these are so, so (laughs) terrible. It makes you want one now. uh, Yeah. Just to kind of like take my frustration out on it. So yeah. ultimately what we're going to do is we're going to see if there are any Baskin Robbins around. When uh-huh. pandemic frees up a bit, we'll go and we're going to be like, give me all of your clown cones, please. Yes. Yeah. And then we're going to go and we're going to just stuff our faces. <laughs> God, that's
1: that's. I disturbing. I will make this promise. If we ever do a live show, the first I don't know. Fifty people who show up, I will
0: give you a clown ice cream. I will, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like we. I don't know how we would do one. Even by season eleven, I don't feel like we'll be popular enough to do a live show. <laughs> but, uh, to be honest, but I agree. I oh, will sure. Gladly, I will gladly chip in for that. Perfect. Fuck. I. Well, well, folks, you know what you 52, need to do because if you want two of us. Want, want <laughs> clown cones too
1: if you, if you want free clown ice cream What you gotta do Is tell all of your friends To listen to Baywatch Rookie School And uh, Unless you have any final thoughts On this episode Michael I say we uh, As they say in the clown ice cream world Wrap this bad boy up
0: I do have one other thought and it Sure turns.
1: Oh no What yeah, it's supposed to be like Santa Claus. Sure, the Santa one doesn't bother me that much. It's the it's the family that I dislike trapped what? in their
0: cups. Do you not think this is a, uh, you know, uh, a proper metaphor for capitalism? I I mean when you put it that way. Um, I'm god. Okay, I just found one <laughs> That. Uh, it said like happy birthday but the bee fell off somewhere oh no the bee is the same color as the frosting beneath it so it just ah. looks like it says, happy earth day <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and that's, that's, that's my yeah. sense of humor right there absolutely
1: um, but thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School or possibly just clown ice cream
0: discourse. Oh no 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 no, no, no. morgan 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 Yes yes morgan morgan, morgan morgan Yes What is this? Oh no
1: <sighs> I don't like the
0: eyelashes <laughs> This is I, crazy This is for a birthday It's wow. huge Yeah Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm such a wormhole, guys. <laughs> right. this, I just found a Baskin and Robbins um, bunny, like bunny cylinder. Yeah. Um, it's called the bump. Ugh! It doesn't make me happy. No. Um, but I do need you to, to see this. Um, oh,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> No, Michael. I'm ending this episode. I can't look at these cakes anymore.
0: It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It also means the more I post, the more I have to uh, put into the show notes. So, True. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: if you if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap.
0: I'm at Clown Ice Cream. <laughs> At, it's not snit.
1: S-N-O-T, S-N-I-T. And we'll see you next week. And just remember, stay the fuck away from clown ice cream. It's no, horrifying. No. You don't want it. Yeah, yeah, you,
0: <laughs> you, you, you want clown ice cream. You yeah. It's, it's a mystery why you wouldn't want clown ice cream. <laughs> oh, God.